And this might be the most cliche, clickbaity thing I'm going to say all night. But forget about best practice and think about test practice. Nice. I, even feel, yeah, I, like I feel cliche even saying it, but like if there's something that will make you remember, best practice doesn't apply for everyone. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to another episode of Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq. And geez, Louise, it's March already. Where has the year gone, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, welcome back. I hope you're well. I hope you're pumped wherever you're listening. I've got a very special episode for you today. Um, special, I mean, all of them I like to think are, are juicy in terms of content, but special because I've got my good friends Ian and Craig from the Hub Shots podcast doing another collaboration for today's episode, uh, which we're dubbing Inbound Shots. You get it? Uh, inbound buzz and hub shots. Anyway, we've done one of these before. Uh, we called Inbound Shots Episode 1, and, and this, I guess, is Inbound Shots Episode 2. And we talk about three key sort of topic areas. And the first one is the idea that the ebook is dead. Is the ebook dead? And if it is, what comes after it? Um, the second one, probably my favorite top topic of the entire episode, is pushing back on best practice. And the, the problem you know, the whole idea of best practice and all these, you know, crazy blogs kind of jam down our throats. And finally, video. Yeah, sure, we know we got to do video, but Craig pushes back on it a little bit. And uh, yeah, you know, myself and Ian have our own sort of opinions on that matter too. But anyway, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, give me your feedback and uh, let me know if you want to see more of these sort of collaborations um, with other uh, podcasters, I guess. Without further ado, let's jump straight into it and learn a thing or two from Ian and Craig, and maybe a little bit from myself. My name's Craig Bailey, and I'm here with Moby Sadiq from Inbound Buzz, and Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found. So if it feels like a long time between drinks, that's because it is. The last time we did this was the last year when we came back from Inbound. So it was like nine months ago or so. So if you guys have been holding out, we're finally back with Inbound Shots number two, our second crossover episode of Hub Shots, of course, and Inbound Buzz. All right, so what are we going to chat about tonight? We've got three topics, really. And you actually mentioned, we, we had dinner before uh, the show. It was, it was a long dinner, can you tell yeah, me? Yeah, I'm but, really uh, struggling. We had some, <laughs> we had some uh, topics we're going to chat about. And the first one is, you raised this topic of after the ebook. So do you want to explain what that concept is? And then we're, we're just going to talk about some of the ideas that we had. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting, except for... Not every industry, but for some industries, um, they're getting a lot of ebook fatigue. So, the the question I, I like to pose to a lot of people is, when's the last time you actually consumed an ebook? Like consumed, like you downloaded it and you read it through and you actually learned something. So whether or not it works or not, I think it's that's that's. Let us talk about that in a second. But I think for a lot of industries, there is a lot of fatigue when it comes to ebook. So we start talking about what comes after the ebook. So I might as well kick off with one of the ideas. Yeah. The one of the ideas was is what I'm calling is the deconstructed ebook. Um, by no means is it an invention. When we, I, when you hear me talking about it, you'll know that everyone's kind of been doing this, but it's a nice approach approach to look at it. So of course, when you get deconstructed anything, when you go to a cafe, you get a deconstructed, I don't know, pan uh, like a crepe. It's just uh, a barista's or a cafe owner's lazy way of just smashing everything on a plate, right, and unpacking it. So that's what I'm sort of saying when it comes to ebook. 
as opposed to locking up an ebook that is getting declining click-through rates in certain industries at the moment is actually unpacking it because packed into an ebook it is getting zero zero SEO juice that landing page for that ebook is not going to rank so um, uh, the guys from marketing school Eric Sue Neil Patel they do a lot of this they've been doing it for a long time some people might call it pillar content but the idea is take your ebook unpack it expand that on a page it's going to be a long page and then there's a couple things you need to keep in mind so of course the content has to be good I think that goes without saying um, having a way to navigate to the top quite easily yeah. and then using the pages or the sections that you would have in your ebook using that as anchor links almost like a table of content so you can kind of jump around so then you might say um, okay let me ask you what's the biggest problem with that what's the what do you think is the problem with that Craig now that we we're doing it this way well so let's go back what's the goal of the page because before the ebook the goal was to get an email address or a contact in the database so now we're saying well do we still have that it's ungated and we're chatting about ideas where you can still actually have offers on that page and so it's a balance between those benefits, isn't it? You're yeah. actually un unlocking SEO benefit in some ways and also shareability. It's very rare that people on social would share a landing page to an ebook, unless it was fantastic, in which case they might say get mm. this ebook. Although often, quite often, they share the thank you page, which kind of defeats the purpose. But you're getting some benefits. But then we were looking at, well, how do you actually make sure you don't lose the original goal mm. of the landing page, which was to get to gate it and get contacts. And that's kind of some of the things that we're changing about. And you had some ideas as well. Yes, I'll, I'll keep one idea off, then I want to hear what you guys think. But an, one idea could be simply saying, a real simple one, get a PDF version of this page. It's really not that hard, there are a bunch of plugins, chances are, and I actually would recommend if you have eBooks that are getting dated, that aren't getting those conversion rates, is trying this idea, like not just shelving it, even if you have an ebook or an offer, a lead, or lead magnet, whatever you want to call it, you haven't been using, unpack it, give it another life. You've already done the hard yards anyway. It's literally paying someone just to unpack that for you. Um, but yeah, but I'll offer someone a, a PDF version of that and say, look, if, you, if you're too busy to read this, read it later, get a PDF version. So you're still then kind of capturing something. But then we had some, some other ideas too on how to get that email. Well, just on that, you've had experience where this whole idea of using a PDF version of a page is actually quite effective. Yeah, it is. So I think that's something you can try. We've spoken about this before, is just giving people that option. I think they, for some reason, think there's greater value in having the PDF. So offer it. And again, our motto is test and see what works because that's what's going to make the difference. I think that's right. And you mentioned at the start this whole idea of it depends on the industry so don't take this as a rule across all industries we are seeing ebook fatigue in some and especially in marketing circles which we are definitely yeah, part of. yeah we and if you're in marketing downloading marketing uh, ebooks you're probably doing that less but in other industries it's still very relevant mm. and you can still and we certainly have some industries where it still works phenomenally well and then others where we're seeing the same yeah yeah you raised that point because I was like I had my marketing industry blinders on I'm like it's not working. Uh, I asked my own clients, but I asked them, you know, how many marketing ebooks have you downloaded, you know, and read, and they said no. But you, you raise a good point. I think that point is around: is that is that market saturated? And that's why you're saying test and measure, Correct. test in each industry. Yeah. So I think another thing, guys, is that think about other things that you can offer. So things like quizzes that actually take people through a process of understanding um, more about themselves, more about they're marketing more about what's going on. I think that's not something else we could try. You said before, people love to learn about themselves. So a quiz, you know, what kind of X are you? 
people want to know about themselves. Yeah, it's funny. The, the cycle, I don't know if it's like a dynamic, I don't know what the word is for it. It escapes me right now. But um, yeah, we're actually really selfish creatures. Humans, we're not that, that hard to figure out. Um, yeah, people want to know, but they want to learn about themselves under the guise of, uh, you know, learning about a particular area. So I think that's a good idea in when you think about it, because like you're taking the idea of a quiz, which on its own um, is a is a good top of funnel yes. tool. You know, I would I'd really sort of struggle to see examples where quizzes are a great bottom of funnel tool, but they're definitely a great top of funnel tool. But then using that as uh, like almost like a content upgrade yes. on that content piece, so like starting to use ideas together. Yeah, um, I think it's a good way to look at it. Mm. That's right. And, there's other, and so what we're really talking about is different formats and different things to you can engage with mm. or interact with. So this idea of building interaction, we've seen similar to quizzes, there's calculators yes. that you have on sites. And then of course, there's the old classics like HubSpot has with their marketing grader, having a tool that you actually get some benefit or analysis out of and you have to put in your email address to get back that and result. You might find it might actually cost the same or even less. Like. You know, by the time you pay for a good writer, do research, not to mention the man hours and design, it will take you a couple of thousand dollars to create a good ebook. Like out of experience, it's going to take you that. It's going to take you a bit of coin, unless you do the entire thing yourself. And you yeah, use, I, I think the important thing though is it comes back, and this is why ebooks did used to be quite uh, quite effective because they were generally thought out well. They took extra effort to produce. Mm. So before you invested all that money on writing an ebook, whereas you could have just you know done a blog post wasn't as expensive an ebook was more expensive so people thought about it what pain point or what what questions it providing answers for we don't just jump into calculators and tools and that because they're cheap but because they are a bit more expensive they make us think more mm -hmm. about the problem we're trying to solve for our audience and perhaps that is part of the reason why they can be more effective absolutely all right, on from ebook fatigue, uh, the second topic we're going to chat about tonight was um, this concept. This is going back more to a macro kind of thing. Don't blindly follow industry leaders. And this is interesting to talk about because in marketing, we have lots of, uh, well, HubSpot, of course, is a, a dominant player in the marketing industry. And we hear things from HubSpot. We also hear it from some of the other big sites. Um, we could, we won't list them all because we'd just be mm. <laughs> criticizing the whole industry. But the point of this is, do we blindly follow what we're told? And part of the reason that we're going to push back and say no is because it is industry specific. So it's almost like uh, an industry leader or a HubSpot, not that they do say this, but they could say, oh, ebooks, they're, they're no longer effective. Choose something else. But we know from experience yeah. that it's actually case by case. Mm -hmm. they're, not they're not working in some, but in others, they're working really well. It's this idea of not following leaders. Did you have any comments on that? Yeah, so um, I'm not going to talk about it in depth now because we talked about it in depth in Inbound Shots episode number one, which I'm sure we'll link to in the show notes somewhere. Um, but how, the, like just real quickly, outbound. Like outbound is not dead, guys. Like it is not dead. Like we've talked about to that to death. So I'm not going to mention it here, but when it's done strategically and you know who you're after, it's not going to die. Just explain what outbound is uh, as a few, yeah. Yeah, so outbound, you know, it's the act of, you know, it's so funny in modern market, I was like, well, what is outbound? Um, calling, like cold calling, picking up the phone, um, you know, in some forms of interruptive marketing. You know, and the definition of inbound is changing like the definition of SEO has, not changed, but more, it encompasses a lot more things. So like inbound before didn't include, and to your point, um, Craig, like you can't just follow the trend of this is what inbound is and that's what we're going to do. Because if you did two, three years ago, you wouldn't have done any paid advertising. 
And now you can't not survive without a paid component of your strategy for most industries. I think that's so, a really yeah. good example. Yeah, sorry, are we going to mention anything on that? I saw you mention, oh, sorry. I saw <laughs> in the professional peripheral vision, can I say something? But I was going to mention um, the uh, in relation to outbound and then paid advertising. That's an excellent example because we, and not only industry leaders in terms of HubSpot, uh, and other companies, but even other partner agencies and many agencies, mm. they're still still not doing paid advertising because they don't think it's actually effective. Yeah. It's because they haven't tested mm. it, yeah. and in some industries it may not work. So they might have tested it and it didn't work. That's okay. But to blindly just follow um, HubSpot's lead a couple of years ago and say no, we're not going to do pay, that would have been a big mistake. And so th the point of this segment I guess in the show is just to chat about how easy it is to fall into that trap of just following this kind of conventional wisdom and it, in the marketing space. It's, it's, re it's really, like even for us, like it's really easy to get intimidated and like oh, everyone's doing it, we must, we, we've got to be doing it, you know, like we'll talk about you know, video as an example later, but everyone's doing it so we, we must be doing it, but um, you're really good at this Craig, like the litmus test is like what are we trying to achieve and I, uh, we, we spoke a, uh, a little bit earlier about is that going to work with our persona? Like, it's not about just doing inbound because inbound's working or because Gary Vaynerchuk or someone is saying, you've got to do this and you've got to hustle in this content. It's got, it's got very little to do that because chances are everyone's consuming the same sort of stuff. So, um, you know, like they, the, the concept of uh, lumpy mail, um, the idea of sending packages to a select group of your audience, if you're in the B2B world, I guess, um, with lumpy mouse, so the idea that there's something there, a sample, that's going to work. Who's not going to open that now? Uh, the, uh, we, talk, we spoke about calls, like there's so many things you, you could be trying. And this might be the most cliche, uh, clickbaity thing I'm going to say all night. But forget about best practice and think about test practice. Nice. I, even feel, yeah, I, like I feel cliche even saying it, but like if there's something that will make you remember, best practice doesn't apply for everyone. Often it's given by people who have done a plethora of other things. So test practice, test, and when it comes to opinions and opinions start clashing, say, you know what, you could be right, I could be right, let's be happy, let's be So you're actually wrong. saying general best practice is not so good, but specific best practice based on test practice is actually okay. Yeah. Because you've informed the actual tactics or strategy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to add for that one. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to say, I talk about 80-20. We've got to understand, test and see what works in your industry and master one thing that is actually working before you go on to try other things. Double I think fail. that's a really key aspect because in marketing today, you could actually be doing a hundred things. We all know, like you could be on every social media, but really it might not be the wise thing to do. It might actually be better off focusing on one, testing it, making it work or maybe ditching it because it's not working before you start something else. So you're basically saying follow based on test results, not follow based on whatever flavor of the month means. Exactly. I totally agree. I'll give you a few examples of what, here's things that, jumping towards 2018, right? Yeah. So uh, Instagram for B2B, we're getting great results with it, with a few clients, not with all. In fact, Instagram's not working at all for some clients. Yeah. So if I, we just went on one or two test cases, we're like, oh, Instagram's hopeless but we know it's working really well for some clients. So we're gonna actually push really hard on Instagram B2B. None of the other agencies that I'm, we chat with, they're all like, no, Instagram's just B2C. That will change. So this is this, and I think in the industry generally, 
Instagram is just a B2C play. That's the, that's mm-hmm. the conventional wisdom. Okay. But you can actually be really effective with it. And so test and measure. That's one of them. I'll tell you another one that I'm getting back into. I don't know if you've tried this. Have you tried Twitter ads lately? I haven't. I gave it a go a little while ago. Exactly. And, yeah. I, I tried it a while ago. Didn't and work. Oh, didn't work. Try it again. Twitter is actually really effective. Here's another thing to think. How do you get most of your information? You know, when you find great articles to read in marketing yeah. or great case studies yep. or things like that. How do okay. you actually find most of them? Twitter. Feedly. Twitter is a big. Yes. If I, I was actually thinking through my own behaviors. Yes. Not that that's reflective of, say, our audience, but if, for me, I actually get a lot of the best content I get from Twitter, right? And I think, oh, well, I get it from Twitter. Why aren't I using mm-hmm. Twitter more? You know, so test and measure again. And I think this is the thing. Whereas if you're conventional wisdom in the industry, Twitter, it's not Twitter. Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? On to number three, Craig. So speaking of not following the industry leaders, let's chat about video. And this is going to be slightly <laughs> controversial. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, the conventional wisdom would be that video is where you should be putting so much focus and your strategy mm. should all be a, uh, a video strategy. Now, I know it kind of is in some ways for you. Interested mm. in your thoughts because I'm actually going to push back and say... It's not for me, and I think you're a bit in the middle. Um, yeah. So you're going to get the, the range of views here. And what's interesting is that none of them are right or wrong, but they're actually uh, horses for courses, as, you, as we would say. So mm. do you want to kick off on what your plans are? Yeah, so this, this was really interesting. So, like, it's, it's amazing how much we, like, clashed on this initially. Because, like, for me, like, I want to double down on video. Like, I think, and the reason why I want to leave this example for now, because we're talking about video, but... I guess a bit of a conduit to one of the other things we spoke about, what comes after the ebook. I've, I noticed a really good example by HubSpot where they actually didn't do an ebook. See, with HubSpot, they can almost try everything, right? But they didn't do an ebook. I really like the strategy of their gated video. So it was about SEO, um, you know, the what you need to know about SEO in 2018, whatever it was, it's not, it's irrelevant. But then it will we'll link to it in the show notes as well in some capacity. But then it was a series of six questions. And see, these six questions, the videos varied from anywhere from two and a half minutes to about six minutes, right? And I thought that that was perfect because like no one, you, you do a sample survey, it'll be a lottery, you'll get excited if you find someone who reads an ebook. But with this particular offer, I think it resonates. I think you can offer snippets of that video. And I like anything you can transpose in other mediums. Mm. You can take snippets of that video, use it in your Facebook ads as the hook, then get people there and say, look, um, if you're interested in one of these six questions and answers. And it was like, how do I find out if I'm listed on Google? Um, how do I find out if I have duplicate content? How do I find out what I'm ranking for keywords? How do I find out what people are searching for? Like questions that most of us, at least two or three resonate in two or three different ones. Mm-hmm. So I thought that's great. And going into 2018, I love the idea of snackable content. It's not a new mm-hmm. concept, but I think it's a concept that with waning attention spans and people like definitely our persona, like marketers, um, you've got to think about snackable content. So I think video is ideal for that. So I'm I've, I'm going to be doubling down on video, but can I just uh, do you want to just explain what snackable content is for a few people who may not be familiar with the term? Yes. Yeah, so snackable content, the idea that you can consume content very very quickly, where you can the start to the end you can consume very quickly, and snackable content. I I I, I would get, I'd hazard a guess that it came out of the idea that you know you're at lunch or you're on your mobile phone you're on the train and you just you're just consuming content you're just binging content like ne- you're netflixing on content yeah. and you can pick up these nuggets really really quickly so yeah so i think i would say google calls that my micro moments so people are having these micro moments all through mm-hmm. the day wherever they are and you're basically 
feeding them in those micro moments with snackable content. Yeah, one question, yeah. one answer. Um, uh, we spoke about this earlier, the top 10 that you guys do on your podcast, which, yeah. which, which gets a lot of good feedback. That itself, an example could be, you could have something on that. Like whether or not you, you take the episode and cut it up into two different formats mm-hmm. or you use that top 10, so the top 10 creative ideas, yeah. you, you take an idea that's almost impossible to sell and you come up with 10 ideas. Um, that's great, that, that, that itself, could be snackable content. It's almost like a BuzzFeed type article, yeah, yeah. you know, for what you yeah. guys do. But I, I want to kick it too because you had a very different great idea. <laughs> <laughs> you you pay me for it once you get sponsorship dollars. Um, but I want to kick it to or both of you guys. But firstly, yourself, Craig, because like you had a very different view of that that I had on this. Okay, so my view on video is well, I don't like video. Um, so because you've got a radio face. And you said, I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all have radio faces, but I think that's been established. But uh, anyway. Well, I don't like creating videos, so this medium is uncomfortable for me. But it's less than that. It's more, and I do have a bias because I don't consume much video. I mean, I do watch YouTube a bit. But whenever I want to find an answer to a question, uh, I personally like to read it. Mm. And so whenever I get a result and it's got a video, I skip that. Uh, and a good example is, say, the Moz Whiteboard Friday. Yeah. So great content. Um, there'll be a video there. I never watch the video. I read the transcript. That's just my personal yes. con- consumption style. What's interesting about video, though, that uh, you alerted me to, is that I actually put more weight in the Whiteboard Fridays because it has a video. And so it's almost like the video Ooh, is yeah. a confidence indicator to me even though I never read or watch it but I, I can I actually read uh, the actual text and images underneath so anyway then putting those two together I'm like you were saying well play to your strengths but also play to what your passion is because if I, I keep hearing the industry and we interviewed Brian Halligan on the show and he was saying got to be in video and so I'm aware that really smart people that have done the analysis are saying video and I know I don't want to do it so I've got this kind of conflict what I've decided is I'm actually going to play to my strengths and I'm going to do the stuff that I do like doing because it'll be consistent, I'll be more passionate about it and I'll have more, provide more value. But the other thing is because I have my own bias that I know I don't like watching video, I'm going to assume that there are some other people like me as well. And so while the rest of the world goes off generating all that video, Maybe I'll be in the smaller segment now that is still providing that content mm. for the people who do like it in that <laughs> format. I am, of course, then weighing that up with the fact that what I said before, Moz has more credibility because it has video as an example. So I'm still kind of conflicted, but I'm pushing back on what the industry is telling me that I should be doing. I may be wrong. I quite often am. So I might come back and look at this episode a couple of years ago. What on earth was I thinking? But that's kind of where I'm, I'm actually pushing back against the video. I think it's getting too many people just jumping on board. And the other thing about video, sorry to just hold the, the microphone at this point, but the other thing about video is it's got to the point where people are just producing rubbish. They I walk around with a the video, they think, oh, I've got to do more video. Oh, I'll take it. I really hate that. It's almost yeah. like, oh, I've got an opinion about something that has popped into my head. Well, the world better be, you know, that's worthy for the world to see. And it's just wasting time. And so you're getting all this noise and perhaps the video, the strategy, if there is one, is really it's got to be around um, being very targeted and providing quality mm. for a specific set of questions or a specific audience rather than just churning out this junk that social seems to be pushing. You know, when you said snacking, the thing that when I think of snacking is mindless eating. And <laughs> I, I guess I'm for mindful eating. 
I'm for mindfulness <laughs> and quality content that I consume and solves a problem. Maybe that's just me and I realize that I've got my own personal biases about that. That's kind of where I sit. Um, Ian, what do you think? You're probably more in the middle between us. You're a bit more no, I balanced think, than me. Yeah, look, I think it's important. And I think it, like I look at the behavior of my kids and they're on YouTube every day. So, mm. so they are consuming content, be it entertainment, be it something educational, be it toy reviews that they're looking at. And, and it's really fascinating to see their pattern of behavior. And I think like we all sit on this journey is that understanding a who are we talking to where is it going and how we're communicating with our audience because you know as we've met people that listen to the podcast people some people have actually told us oh, i wish you guys would talk more about what you guys are interested in more about your businesses more about some of the journey as opposed to being always talking about marketing or hubspot or things that we're so focused on delivering value about mm. and so i think mm. that's what we've got to understand like on this journey what are we trying to do and how we're adding value to those people and what do they want to hear because we get very little feedback and so i think it's it is interesting and i i do i'm in that camp where i want to do more of it but i'm probably a bit unsure about it and i just probably need to pull the plug in and just do it just do it the the um you're speaking about like us and reflecting on yourself. I don't think it can be lost the point around play to your strength. Mm. Like, as look, unless your strength is completely different to what your persona is. Like, so for example, if you're running nursing homes and I don't know, like I'm, I'm sure they consume the same content we do, but I don't know for whatever reason, they give a stupid example. They don't listen to podcasts. Then maybe you don't do a podcast, right? But if that's the way you're learning and and whatever, use that as you, as your strength. So, Craig, like. If you were to try to master video, it will take you ten times longer than someone who that comes naturally to. Mm -hmm. You know, if your if your strength is is writing or whatever, it's going to take you know someone else who's not a very good writer ten times longer, mm. and it might not be worth it. So, like, I I think the advice that I, I give to myself first and foremost, and to everyone else, don't be pressured by the flavor of the month. I think you raise a really good point, uh, uh, Ian, uh, Craig. Um, both of you guys actually don't be pressured by what the flavor is of the month like if that's your strength double down like you might double down inbound content Craig but it's going to be 10 times better than someone else because it comes more naturally and easier to you mm. yeah and, and then you transpose it to video then yeah and don't to. forget mm. you can get someone like Moby to do your videos yeah that's right so you know you just got to find the people that can do I do it. have a music video I can do videos <laughs> So, yeah, but writing, I might not want to we'll, write. We'll yeah. put that video of you for Inbound uh, as a link in the show notes as well. But yeah, what so I think, I think one of the things we were talking about earlier is how do we better repurpose content? And video is a part of that mix, right? So mm. if, if we don't want to be in front of the camera, can we actually do it in a different way? But we don't have to be in, the, in front of the camera. So we could actually use our voices overlaid with a yeah. presentation of some sort, right? Which enforces what we're talking about doesn't yep. actually have our faces on it. So Excellent point. It could, that's another way to think about it. It's not about us always talking to the camera or us filming ourselves walking around. Look, as long as it's inbound marketing and helping someone make an a informed purchasing decision, who cares how it's delivered? Yeah. You know? so, yeah. All right, well, we've come up to time. So quickly, um, quick re recap of the show. We basically started talking about after the ebook, this idea of ebook fatigue and some ideas and we talked about formats there as well as other mechanisms don't follow industry leaders 
um, be informed by them, but don't follow them blindly. And then, yeah, I look at video at the end. So one thing I, I need to say, that's a bit of an insight. You mentioned this, Craig, and I'm like, I have to say this. I think the age of like that, that unless you're Gary Vaynerchuk or Ellen, don't get a smartphone, please. Like, out of respect for yourself, you know, we, we, care, we do this because we care, we're passionate about what we do. Unless you're Ellen or Gary Vaynerchuk, do not get a camera there and, you know, today I'm going to talk about how my day and it was so great and, like, I've heard influencers say, I give you permission to put yourself on video. Like, you know, no one needs to give you permission. Like, that, that is, so I think the standard is going up. Well, 12 months ago, you could do that raw style because people weren't doing it. You also have to realise that the standard is going up. So, you know, for God's sakes, make, make them a little bit more professional. I think that's an important distinction because actually when I say I'm pushing back on video, it is certain types of video that I'm pushing back on. I'm not pushing back. So screencasts, and you were mentioning this format before, I think that's still very worthwhile for, well, it is part of content repurposing. I think it's a very good way. But it is that, I think it's that mindless video that hasn't had thought put into it, mm. which is what I'm pushing back on. And while that might sound obvious to push back on, it's actually what I think a lot of the industry is saying you should be doing. And I think that's right. You, I have seen those same kind of comments. I give you permission, just get out there, just do it. It's kind of like saying to people, just create a blog, just start putting out random thoughts. Like, sure, do it, but don't assume that that's a strategy mm. that you should be doing to gain an Don't audience. Don't be brave. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not, that's not the point to be brave. Do it to practice know? maybe, but not uh, in, the, in the mindset of it being a strategy. Should that's we it. leave it That's all I'll say on that. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll see another eight months. No, I'm kidding. We'll do this, we'll do this more often. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Uh, please give us your feedback. And yeah, thank you from me. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.